This is Two Guys in a River. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. We're two lifelong friends who love fly fishing for trout. Our podcast is all about helping you catch more fish and deepening your love of the time you spend on the river. We are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. I'm generally not fond of fly fishing in February. When I lived in Montana, a friend of mine had a saying, there's nothing worse than a sunny day in February. And he was right. Typically, nothing would be happening on the surface, and the trout beneath the surface were simply lethargic. Plus, it was usually finger-freezing, rod-guide icing cold. But recently, Dave and I had a fine day on the Blue River in the Driftless area about an hour west of Madison, Wisconsin, We thought we'd talk about that day to figure out what we learned and what made it so enjoyable, even though it was February. Hopefully our conversation will give you some ideas or insights, or at least the motivation to get out on the river, no matter what time of year it is, yes, even in February. So Dave, what was your first memory of that day? My first memory was driving up to your house to pick you up. I drove north from my place in Wheaton all early, the way up. Early, Yeah, I left my place at 530, oh, got to your man. place about 630, walked in, and your grandson Miles was there, and he was ready to party. He was wide-eyed. Oh, I know. He, he is that way. He's, uh, he's almost two, and... Uh, his internal clock, he wakes up about five, and man, he is ready to go. <laughs> oh, he's blonde, and yeah. the kid is just hilarious. You just get the sense he's a party waiting to happen. Oh, he really <laughs> is. He's a lot of fun. I think he wanted uh, to go fishing. Didn't he say goodbye to me after I left? Yeah, yeah, he did. His uh, his dad was there, and his dad texted uh, me afterwards. Because he was, he's kind of, Miles was kind of playing shy, but then his dad texted, and he said, Miles said, bye, Dave, you know, after about a minute after you left. <laughs> How old is he? He's almost two. Wow, he's a yeah, cutie. Yeah, so what was your is. first memory of the day? Well, my first memory of the day, I think, was the, the drive up there. We, uh, you know, we hadn't, we hadn't connected for a while, so it was just great. We, we had a lot of conversation, and wow, before we knew it, we were at Madison. So, yeah, I think that was that was probably it. Maybe it was even breakfast at uh, <laughs> I was going to you know? say, yeah, you know, yeah, you, we... Uh... Yeah, you, you set me up on that. You knew that would be the first memory. <laughs> well, what's nice about winter is that typically, not always, but typically you don't need to be on the river at 6.30 like exactly. we were doing last fall. Right. So uh, we were able to have a leisurely breakfast. Yep. And that, that was, was nice. nice. So, was nice. Uh, you know, the other thing I think that struck me was... The day was so gorgeous, and maybe oh. that's getting into the first part yeah. of our conversation about what made it a great yeah. day. Uh, it ended up being about 60 degrees in February. I think it was 65. Was maybe? it really? 65 to 67. Yeah. I looked later at the weather report. It's like amazing. Yeah, it was really amazing. And living in the Chicago area, typically you're getting cold rain and gray skies snow and yeah it's just a it's really miserable so this my seasonal affective disorder was put on uh was suspended for a day (laughs) (laughs) being able to go to west of madison fly fish for a day so the weather was really outstanding oh it really was and it's always such a beautiful area the driftless and uh you know just these idyllic farm you know little farmlets and uh yeah, it was great. I, I think part of it too was the solitude that made it great. Uh, we were the we were the first ones there. We were the only ones there until uh, we we left, and you know we 
Well, we fished a while. We we were um, kind of in this stretch of land that was uh, there was a road on either end, and when we got close to where we were going to quit, we could look up a ways and see a car, but. Uh, we never did see that fly Yeah, fisher, never saw though, the fly we? fisher. I think the stretch is about a mile and a half as I yeah. was looking at how far we walked. So we mm-hmm. were able to fish about a mile and a half with no other fly fishers. Oh, and that's a, well, we love solitude. And that's harder to get in the Driftless in Wisconsin. There's there's not as many places to fish and there's, uh, there's a lot of fly fishers. I was actually surprised that we didn't see anybody in our stretch of river because it was a Friday. Mm-hmm. It was sunny. Right. And I, I, I had hoped that we would not have any fly fishers on that because at that point, a mile and a half, it's just not that no, much it river. It isn't. And there was, there was really not an opportunity to fish uh, above it because it gets small and isn't that good. And I think... What uh, up above the uh, oh the the road where we saw the guy parked, uh, the upper section doesn't it only go for another two three hundred yards and then it's posted? Yeah, it is posted. Yeah. And then on the other side of the road where we parked, it's it's all posted. So, you know that yeah. actually is strange to me. So often in the driftless area, you have uh, these farmers who allow access. In fact, there's even. I guess, what do they call them? Turnstiles? Yeah, and access. we had one of those. Yeah, we had one on our side, but right across yep. the road it was posted. So it reminded me of uh, fly fishing in Montana. Yep. So Yeah, oh, I know. It's true. Well, of course, then, uh, the you know, the best part of the day, well, maybe the next the best part of the day was catching trout. Yeah, we had a, a day where we each caught three or four trout, and, you know, a day on the Driftless in February for me, that was a huge success. Oh, it really is. And uh, and they were not huge fish. I think the smallest was like about five inches. And that, maybe that was the, yours. That was mine. <laughs> yeah, I barely counted that one. And but I, I should say this too: you caught counting that. If you really want to catch that, count that. Uh, you <laughs> caught five. I only landed a couple. But you're four minus that uh, that minnow. <laughs> <laughs> and then the ones I caught, they were all nine to ten inches. Yeah, they were. There may have been 11. eleven. Yeah, there may have been one that was eleven. Yeah. But um, so and those are nice fish for a small stream. I mean, we we talked about. I think we said already, didn't we, that we fished the Blue River? Um, you know, river in quotation marks. Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> in a, quotation a marks, right? Yeah. It really is a small stream. Yeah. And, uh, and most in the Driftless are like that. I, I don't know of any really bigger rivers out there. I know there's the south mm-hmm. branch of the, um, the, what is it, the south branch of the Fork River? What is that? Oh, not uh, the Root. Yeah, south yeah. branch of the Root, root River. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly mm-hmm. right. Uh, when you get into southeastern Minnesota and some streams feed into that, but that river is much more cloudy. Um, yeah. There's also probably some bass and some, right. uh, and so the river is a little bit warmer, and so you get different strains of fish in there. But um, most of these streams in the Driftless are streams, right? And the little spring creeks. Yep. But that was nice. They were those fish were all browns too. Yeah, everyone very, was a brown, very healthy browns, and really nine, ten inches for a stream like that. That's a that's a nice size fish. I mean, you look at that stream, and a lot of streams like that we'd fish, you'd expect more six to eight inches but uh yeah they were they were nice fish the only thing that made me dissatisfied was talking to the guy we'll talk about later when he said that he had caught a 25 incher out of here was that yeah. was it out of that river was that I stretch of river if it was that stretch but uh but actually you caught an 18 inch uh 
brown, brown out yeah, of yeah. that couple last years. summer. Yeah, last yeah. summer. It was so. the biggest fish I'd ever caught in the driftless. Yeah, I mean, so. that's a, that is. Yeah, I was huge. excited for that. That really is. I think another piece of what made it such a great day uh, was the conversation on the drive to and from the river. And we ended up into one of these kind of weird conversations, which you know, if you're, if you spend a, enough time on the water together, you end up in that conversation, especially once you start to age. And it had to do with, would we ever remarry if in fact we, you know, our wives died early, right? What a morbid topic. It was a morbid topic, but, but the reason we got onto it is because one of, a good friend of ours, uh, his wife is going through something that will end up ultimately in her death, is going through yeah. a disease. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of triggered this conversation. Hey, Steve, would you ever get remarried? And it was really an interesting conversation, kind of forced me to think uh, through that. You tend to think yes. Um, I think we both kind of concluded probably not. Yeah, I, yeah. It just I know. creates it's, complexity in your life. Right, it does. And yeah, I, I know. And. You know, the un, unexpected happens, things can change, but boy, you know, we, we both have been blessed. We have it so good that, uh, yeah, it would be... It'd be hard be to go a, another yeah. round with someone else, yeah. <laughs> so... Well, we got to talk, too, about the, the year ahead, kind of what our dreams are as far as fly fishing and and what we'd like to do, and, and even realizing there, there are limits, you know, we... Uh, that this is our main pursuit, uh, and yet there's still limits. You know, there's time limits, there's financial limits, there's uh, there's family uh, things that are really important to both of us. And so, uh, yeah, we kind of mapped out what we'd like to do, and that that's always fun. That's always uh, kind of stirring, isn't it, to uh, to make plans for the next outing? So remember, last fall you were really focused on. Uh, visiting, you know, your son's football games because it, he was in right. his last year, mm-hmm. and um, and so everything's kind of changed now. He now lives in Madison for six months before he's moving to Denver. Right. And my son is will be playing his last year football in the fall, and so you know we were able to talk about the importance of being at your son's game and trying to integrate that with fly fishing and. And also pay the monthly mortgage and everything else that we're trying yeah. to do. Yeah, so uh, right. it was just there was some really good conversations, and yeah. uh, often those conversations don't happen until you get out on the river and you have some space for some of those uh, deeper conversations to to kind of come out of the deep, I guess. Yeah, that's right. That must be why you outfish me because I was so busy. <laughs> you got me talking, and uh, anytime that, I can outfish that, you, you know, one out of ten times, I'm gonna, yeah, oh, I'm gonna, man. I'm gonna. It was probably a really good day for yeah. me. <laughs> so that's right. But we had another interesting thing at the end of the day that I thought was kind of cool. Remember the guy that we met? I mean, we we just got back to our vehicle and this car pulled up, and the guy said, "Hey, did you do?" You, how did you do? And and we told him and uh, got into a conversation. Yeah, he was a he's a high school teacher, lives nearby, and wondered how we were doing. And he was the one who said that he had uh, caught a 25 incher in the driftless. I don't know if he caught it on this stretch of the Blue River, but he also does some guiding. Very knowledgeable. It was yeah. really clearly it was really clear that. Steve and I were out of our league, you know, and we were starting to talk to him. This guy was really, um, uh, had spent a lot of time in the driftless and fly fishing the driftless. Right, and wasn't arrogant about it at all. No, it was just just, You can just tell when somebody's really good. They they don't draw attention to that. Yeah, exactly. 
yeah, you get the impression. So tell the quirky thing that happened later. Well, yeah. It's, I mean, we had a great time talking to him, and I thought, man, that's helpful. You know, we, we get to know him. And, and, and we did not mention that we no, have a podcast. No, we, we didn't. That's that, the one thing we never do. We do not do that. We don't want to embarrass ourselves like with our fly fishing. No, it's, <laughs> yeah, that's right. In fact, I think we talked about that in the way up, didn't we? He said, you know, it's funny. I wonder if we'll ever run into somebody that says, hey, I've, you know, I've listened to your podcast, and and you know we we both agreed that's just not us to uh, you know self promote like yeah, that yeah handing out business cards yeah. at the riverside <laughs> <laughs> but anyway so we get home and uh, was it Saturday night or Sunday morning I get an email from a guy and and the uh, you know the the subject line in the email was Blue River Rendezvous and I thought huh. And uh, this guy, you know, said, hey, uh, crazy thing. I, I uh, was, was scrolling through some... Uh, Google images, yeah, I Google think. Google images of stuff on uh, the Dripless. And, and I recognized one of you guys. And then I got on your, you know, your site and podcast. And, uh, you know, I'm impressed with what you're doing. And yeah. That, that was really cool. <laughs> yeah. And he said, hey, you know, if you ever need, uh, you know, any... And he's very humble about it. He said, you know, I... I, I've grown up here. I, I know this area. If you need any uh, intel, uh, yeah, intel basically. He says I'm I'm glad to provide it. So that was really cool. Yeah, that was that was really a wonderful moment. Uh, yeah, really a nice yeah, little serendipity. Yeah, you bet, Ben. If you're listening, hey, thanks. That was that was great. Yeah, that was really awesome. So what made us laugh? So one of the f- funniest moments was I have a picture of Steve uh, trying to tie on a knot. And behind him trying is... Trying to tie on a knot? Or tie a knot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you may have been yeah. trying to tie on a knot. Tie on a fly. Yeah, tie on a fly. Yeah. Tie a knot, tie on a knot. Yeah, That's you right. never know, Steve. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. Oh, man. <laughs> but we were in the middle of this pasture. And the one thing about fishing in the, in the Wisconsin Driftless is that you're fishing with, along with the cows, right? So these right. farmers have granted access to the river that runs through their pasture. And often you'll have cows that, you know, mosey up to you. And, and these cows were so interested in us. Yeah, they now, really were. They really yeah. were. So I've got this picture of this cow who's actually behind Steve quite a ways, but he, uh, the cow is reaching out with its nose and looks like he's barely touching Steve yeah. with its nose. But it was really kind of funny. And they just pestered us. I remember uh, kneeling down to crawl up to this run, and I thought the cow was going to nose me in the yeah. behind. I mean, they just were so curious. I know. And we're used to cattle. I mean, Dave from North Dakota days, and when I was in Montana, so it's, it's fine. But it was just it was kind of funny, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was hilarious. It yeah. really was. Well, fortunately, it wasn't. A bull. Do you remember last oh, yeah. spring or last summer when we were out fishing? I know, and that's the problem. We're so used to cows, I don't even think anything about it. And I'm just wandering along. I don't know what I'm doing, and and you said, "Hey, that's a bull out there." Like, and it was Whoa. it was probably about only thirty or forty yeah, feet yeah. from you, yeah. And it was not happy. Oh, it was man. not like the cows. Like I know this, this the bull had an attitude. Yeah, it really yeah. did. So it really did. So here's another hilarious thing. So. Because the day was so warm, and we at one point thought maybe we wouldn't even wear our waders, just wondering how, yeah. we, and Steve had never fished that stretch of river, and we probably didn't need him. 
Although we did cross several times, yeah. so we probably yeah. did need him. So Steve didn't bring his belt around his, you know, the the waiting belt. Well, so, actually, I did have. And by the way, why is this all about me? I don't know, but it was fil- <laughs> yeah. No, I I had my waiting belt, but I thought I'm not gonna. Yeah, you know, I'm just gonna gonna pull the waiters all the way up, chest waiters. I'm just gonna keep them down at my waist, and I kind of tucked the waiting belt in the waiters. You know, probably in too big a hurry and thinking, oh, I'll need my wading belt. I'm going to wade up to my ankles. But they kept falling down. So I've so, got this picture yeah. of Steve with these baggy waders. Looks like the plumber, you know, with the yeah, crack. Yeah. Looks yeah. so hilarious. Maybe we'll post it at some point. Oh, no, I hope not. <laughs> yeah, our, uh, yeah our, our subscribers will drop to half. <laughs> exactly. <yeah. laughs> if they look at that photo. Oh, man. Well, then at the end of the day, too, remember when... Uh, yeah, so Dave and I live about an hour apart. I'm north about an hour. He's south about an hour. And the quickest way, you know, so Dave didn't have to go to my place and then drive home. He, he did that once in the morning. So I said, look, I'll have my wife come down and, and meet us and uh, meet us in the kind of right around the Woodfield Mall. And so we said, hey, just find us in the parking lot at Dick's Sporting Goods. And so I, I told her. Uh, her name's Priscilla, and I said, hey, Priscilla, it'll be, uh, what was the time? Was it like 8.30? Yeah, 8.30. So we got there early, and I'd even said, look, you, you can come a little bit later, so you don't have to be in that parking lot until we get there. So we got there about 20 after, and there, there's two parking lots. I mean, there's two big entrances. It's just this huge uh, Dick Sporting Goods. and. So we drive over to this one section, and I'm thinking, no, this is not where she would come. So I'm, I'm kind of waiting for an opening. And instructing me on where to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. You're directing so, traffic, and yeah. I'm driving. So Dave says, hey, is that Priscilla? I was like, well, no, there's a Honda Pilot, but there's a million Honda Pilots. In fact, you're driving a Honda Pilot. And I looked at the license plate, thought, yeah, it kind of looks familiar. But no, she wouldn't be here yet. <laughs> So we drive over to the, the section where I was sure she would be in park, and I, and I called her, and she said, I'm following you guys. Where are you now? So, oh, that was yeah, hilarious. So that was actually her, so you, you knew better than I did. Then Pris made her, you know, her smart comments. You know, she, yeah, she informed us about our lack of uh, <laughs> communication. Yes, that's right. So what did we learn on this trip? One thing that I think we learned was the effectiveness of a, kind of a new technique. I mean, it's not new, but I haven't used it as much in the driftless anyway. And you suggested this, and that's uh, using a small woolly bugger with a San Juan worm as a dropper. And what that does then is you can you can drift it. It's like you you're nymph fishing, but then towards the end of the run, you can swing that. You can strip it in. And we caught fish on both. I thought that was really effective. It's kind of best of both. You get to nymph and you get to streamer fish all at the same time. And the river was cloudy because it had been warm for a couple days. Yeah. So all the, mel- uh, all the snow was melting. And so the river was really cloudy. Yeah. And, and so that San Juan worm, I think I caught, mm-hmm. uh, you know, of the five or six fish I caught, I think one I caught on the on the woolly bugger and the mm-hmm. other one, other three or four I caught or five I caught on the San Juan worm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think too, uh, for me, it, <laughs> always reminded when I fish those smaller streams, the need to keep my strike indicator 
uh, closer to the lead fly because I'm so used to fishing the Madison and the Yellowstone in Montana that I, you know, I just by default without even thinking, I put my strike indicator up near the, you know, the, the top of the, the leader where, you know, it's connected to the fly line. And, and I think you reminded me of that. I had moved it down a little bit, but you said, I think you need to go down further. And, and I did. And yeah, that, that worked a lot better. I think the thing about the driftless are these small, short runs. What I liked about the Blue River, the stretch where we fished, is that there were pronounced runs. Yeah, they were. They were and a little longer. They were mm-hmm. a little longer than some of the ones that we fished, say, on the Green River, west of there, or even Timber Cooley, mm-hmm. so, um, which is near La Crosse, Wisconsin. So I, I did like the stretch of runs. and But it is, when you're fishing these small streams, and many of you, that's all you fish, um, and you're experts at that, there, there are these adjustments that you have to make and, and you don't get a lot of time for the drift or even if you're casting downstream and stripping, there's just not a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and so things are moving, I think in some ways a little bit faster. You got to yeah. bend your line. You've got to, I mean, it's, mm-hmm. um, and it's also the one thing I found hard too, is to, to, when they, when you strike, we've always talked about this the last probably 10 podcasts. We've talked about the importance of striking, downriver uh, when you're nymph fishing and specifically we were dead drifting the the woolly bugger right and uh had the, and we're drifting the uh dead drifting the san juan worm so you're to strike that to strike to the downstream side it's mm-hmm. hard to do when you don't have a lot of time so yeah. i think just technically um i was forced to kind of up my game again after his you know the, the really the last time yeah. i had fished was in montana yeah so i know it, it um, is an adjustment it is it? an adjustment and it's First good time out yeah so absolutely you have to relearn all these things so hey final question where did we eat <laughs> well what was fun is we actually drove out of the way right to find a supper club yeah and by the way when you are in Wisconsin and you're in a really small town and you ask, let's say, the people at the convenience store if there's a gas station there, the one thing that has always struck me is that they only know about their own little town. If there's yeah. 900 mm-hmm. people in the town yeah. and you say, hey, is there a supper club? I heard there's a supper club mm-hmm. you know, in this other town. They go, ah, I don't know. I, I'm just not familiar with it. Yeah. So you Usually local intel is really helpful, but it wasn't in this time. No, it wasn't. <laughs> and we found one. We won't mention it. It was okay, but we both give it about, what, two and a half, maybe three stars out of five stars. Yeah, we were hoping yeah. for the best. It was a Friday night fish fry, which and is what you really want. supper clubs. You yeah. know, maybe some of our listeners, if you're not from the Midwest, that's, uh, I mean, I didn't know anything about supper clubs till I move back here and you mentioned yeah we ate at a supper club we were fly fishing what in the world is that but uh it's how would you describe them it's almost like a community co-op thing it's like a restaurant but boy friday nights they have the buffet they They have the buffet yep uh, exactly and this was good it was a seafood buffet so it wasn't just cod or whatever they normally and uh i'd give it a 2.5 it wasn't you know but if you want, we'll go into more detail on our other podcast, Two Guys in a Restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah we're, we're food critics, too. Yeah, we side. are. We're yeah, serious oh, food man. critics. Well, hey, it's time for great stuff from our listeners. Ted Hodson made this comment on a recent piece, Know Your Fly, the Royal Coachman. Ted, who used to be a prof at Montana State University and fished the great rivers around Bozeman, wrote this. He said, The Royal Trude is one of my go-to patterns for a top fly. 
with a beadhead dropper. I'm not sure why it works. Perhaps the McLean curiosity theory. The fish take a look at the true just because they're curious and then realize there is some authentic looking food just below. Nonetheless, I've had quite a bit of success with a trued top fly and a strike on the dropper. That's interesting. Yeah, it is. I guess it's a good reminder that you can have a dry fly as your lead fly and then uh, a wet fly as your dropper. Didn't we hear somebody say that recently, or didn't somebody post that on our site about when you're fishing a caddis hatch, sometimes you'll fish the, he'll fish the bead head uh, like a red fox squirrel nip, or maybe that's you. Yeah, I think I will drop that comment. Yeah, uh-huh, and that's, that's worked. I mean, that, that's a good point. Now, I'm assuming he was fishing the true dry. You can actually fish it as a wet fly. I mean, it does have that calf hair, which is designed to help it float. But you can, you can fish it as a wet fly. But, but if, if he's fishing it like most fly fishers do as a dry, yeah, that's a, that's a good technique. It really is. Well, that's going to do it for today. Please tell us about your most recent trip or day on the river by going to twoguysinariver.com and commenting on this podcast link. What made your day a fine day or even a not so fine day? You can find Two Guys in a River pretty much everywhere, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, iTunes, Stitcher. And of course, you can visit our website, Two Guys in a River. We publish a new episode and a new article each week on our website. Well, thanks again for listening. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. Until next time, we are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. (laughs) 